Woods. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning and welcome to Travers Day. It is August 26, 2023. I am your host, Howard Kravitz, here at the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning, along with Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. Gentlemen, big, big day. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We are really excited to bring you uh, exclusive uh, coverage here for a preview of the early pick five on Travers Day and also the Travers Stakes itself. Please make sure you subscribe at the very bottom uh, bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell and also smash that like button. You can follow all of us on Twitter. You can see on our name tags. Paul, Paul, real quick with your Twitter handles so people can follow you as well. PKHCOM with two M's. P-K-H-C-O-M-M. PKH Com. Guys, I got my Adelphi shirt to represent Adelphi. Got my Breeders' Cup hat with all Breeders' Cup winning your ends. Gentlemen, before we get into the early pick five, and I believe scratches are coming out very soon if they're not out already, thank you very much. We're going to have a huge audience here this morning. Guys, I feel I woke up and I feel a little bit like an idiomatic for not switching my bet yesterday in the personal lens and when I saw the track was speed favoring and Pete you and I I stuck with my girl clear air as well as you did but idiomatic guys runs a huge race beats clear air and nest and looks like she's gonna be a factor in the Breeders Cup guys yeah yeah she's I mean I, I was pissed more because I liked her going in as the only speed and didn't put her on the on my pick six ticket. I mean, I didn't bet Clary or anything. I wasn't that yeah. silly. I was just I, I wanted nest at, I, at that point down the lane. I thought that's what I was pissed most about as we talked about on text was I thought nest should have been should have attacked a little bit harder and closer, and I thought it was over once idiomatic hit the lane, it, it was over. I think if you're a fan of Nest, and we're going to get out of the early pick five real soon, but if you're a fan of Nest, this is one of the situations where if you want big fields, fine, but when you have 50 to one shot Malloy sort of forcing Nest three wide, I don't think that costs her the race at all. I just want to make the point that when you have fillers in the race, guys, you know, people complain, we want big fields, we want big fields. Well, there was a horse in the race that probably didn't affect the race, but again, when you have horses in there that don't really belong, they can affect the pace of the race, at least, or or the trips that the better horses get, Paul. Yeah, and, and I'll make you feel less dumb, Howard, okay? Because okay. I am dumber than you, I can promise you that. <laughs> I thought Idiomatic also had a chance based on pace scenario. And then, of course, once the track comes up wet, we know that it's going to be more, even more speed favoring. And I put her underneath the two logicals and big exactas figuring one of them is going to catch her. So I'm holding five, one and six, one and not a penny on her to win. So no one did anything dumber than that. I assure you. <laughs> well, we, in the we've world, all made, we've all made bad mistakes, by the way, uh, Noah Maher, wonderful guest. Oh, uh, he's up uh, early. And, and co-host. I shouldn't call him a guest. Sorry. No, that was disrespectful. Unintentionally co-host part-time co-host on Ben and Booze and below says, morning, gents. Here's my take for the Travers. Forte, most talented. I don't totally disagree with that. Mage, most interesting. Okay. 
Archangel, a most overbet. Hmm. Maybe overbet, Noah, but I think a serious factor. We'll talk <laughs> just a little bit about the Travers guys at the end of the show. Um, have scratches come in, first of all. Does anyone has anyone seen anything? I have I have Andy Serling, his Twitter handle. I don't think scratches have come in yet. No, I hadn't I haven't seen them. Aren't we go we're also going against talking horses, apparently today apparently uh my so, apologies I, I feel bad for them that their ratings are going to drop so surreptitiously no if that's no, the right their ratings are just going right down the tubes very yeah. well said pete uh but sort of our apologies we're big fans of naira obviously we didn't want to bump into them i didn't realize they were going to start so early that's okay you talking talking who this is the show they got to watch so anyway no we love talking horses or i do i won't speak for pete uh, all right. I've never seen it once, so I have, I have no opinion one way or the other. <laughs> right, well, let's talk horses right here, guys. We're going to talk about the early pick five, and we're going to talk about the Travers. Let's jump right into it uh, right now. Now, the first race of the day, which I'm going to go ahead and bring up here. Everyone just give me a second as they didn't have that ready, and now I do, and here it comes. Okay, first race of the day on Travers Day. Very early post, guys. Notice they start at 1140 uh, Eastern time. About what an hour and a half here for the uh, opening day of races at Saratoga. A nine-horse field. Moreline favorite is number eight, Walstib. I think it's pronounced for McPeak and Alvarado. This is for maiden two-year-olds, fifty thousand or less. So it's one of those restricted races they have, which I think is great. It gives some of these other horses a chance. Uh, at a lower level, lower level, lower cost at the auction. Let me bring up my uh, our picks right there. Also, real quick, guys, and I I'd be remiss if I didn't do this. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We've got power picks, especially Saratoga power picks below the video player, and you can great get fantastic information on our website hhhracingpodcast.com. Uh, you see our picks on the bottom screen, guys. I know you don't know each other's picks, but you're going to see something absolutely fascinating. Something that has never, ever happened on this show in all of our times together with our picks today. You'll find out what that's going to be in a little bit. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen. Pete, let's go to you first. You're going to go with the number three, Secret Lover, 5-1, to one, Antonio Sano, and Trevor McCarthy to kick off Trapper's Day. Yeah, I didn't particularly like this race all that much, so I, I I wasn't super confident in the in the favorites. So I figured, let me see if there's someone I could find. And this one was purely I, I, this is sort of an obvious trip angle in in a certain respect. If you watch that race, was sort of the the three was sort of taken out of the race early was off the screen as usual, and then just ran, ran on really well late. So sometimes with these first time starters, if if it doesn't go very well. They sort of pack it in. This one really ran on late. The horses in front were just a little too far away, including a couple that are in this race. So my thought was, and it was 34 to one. So it's not like it was taking any money. So it was just now you're going from 34 to now we're at five to one. Isn't the best angle in the world. But my thought is if this one can actually break. And again, I didn't love the favorites all that much, but I do think there's a little bit of speed in here then I think maybe this one I could catch at a little bit of a price to kick this thing off. Walsh of the eight did a lot of the dirty work, who's the one in this race. Your horse, Secret Lover, who as you mentioned was 34-1, is the seven who I was who was up the inside 
on the far turn, and you're going to I, – I love when they do that, but you don't pan out. But there's the seven right there. Um, came late, but should be much better, Pete, second time out. And uh, I, I expect improvement here. So, By the way – oh, sorry. I was just saying, Antonio Sano is – at least as of when I did this, I don't know if he had one yesterday or not. So he had two straight wins in maiden special weights on the dirt at Saratoga. So I'm like, well, let's make it a threesome here. Let's, let's, let's ride a third in a row. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead, Howard. Uh, Maiden Focus, who is an excellent handicapper and Focus is no surprise on Maidens, says that uh, I gave Walstib in the debut. So he touted Walstib, uh, was scratched. So Walstib was well meant by some sharp handicappers there. And Pete, you're going to go with Walstib in second. And you've got, uh, oh boy, uh, I think it's Katair Vizcaya would be my yeah. guess for uh, Juan Avila, who should show some speed also from the inside and anchor down. Uh, Colt this this race by the way is seven furlongs I should mention so speed you know is certainly could be very good seven furlongs as well but the number eight Walstib uh, has pace but I'm assuming that Irad on the two is going to be sending on the inside uh, and and so I who knows if there's going to be a speed duel or not but I guess my point is Walstib might not be loose in this race Paul you're going to go with Walstib on top though we just showed the last replay really did a lot of the dirty work as i mentioned mcpeak you think would be better second time out this is a unified cult yeah and apparently it's a grateful dead reference what a long strange trip it's been i'm the yes. last music guy to talk to but <laughs> I, I heard andy and sarah talking oh about yeah that, so that's the only reason i know that i've never heard of Okay. Probably never. Anyway, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good first effort, even though, uh, you know, he did get out-dueled. You know the question I have, though, Howard, and this has probably related to nothing, but why wouldn't the maiden race that Pletcher's hotshot won yesterday that I bet into against, which was not smart, why wouldn't that race have been today and this race have been yesterday? That race had some un- – that race had six horses – Sold, sold at auction for a combined $4.1 million. Okay. And it's that on would Friday. Be a great race. That would be a great question for the racing secretary. They do have a good one of those races. Race five, they have. Uh, is it race? No, race Race six is one of those type of races, just for the record. Yeah. But anyway, I, I digress. But Fair enough. No, I think that's a good point. It's a good point. But anyway, yeah, I thought this, to, to use your term, did a lot of the dirty work. You know, it got out dueled down the lane. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be tactical. The horse is going to go, Howard. If you watch the if you watch the Uncle Eddie replay, not from the last time in the mud, but two races ago, broke like uh, his hair was on fire and couldn't hold it. Lost by twelve. That's the horse that I think is going to be a dead send from the six. I agree with you. I think Irad will be forward with the two, but I think the eight has a chance to get kind of a tactical trip where Junior tracks and then. Uh, you know, takes the lead at some point coming home and hopefully holds on. Yeah. Nice shirt, by the way, Pete. Just want to throw that out there. Everyone, don't, well, we people can't see. Hold on a second. There, there we go, Pete. Now people can. There we go. Repping the HHH Racing Podcast shirt. I am going to go, guys, with that two on the inside. You know, my thought here, even though there is some other speed, I think seven furlongs is really going to help this horse. I, I anchor downs, you know, are, are a little more uh, – sort of longer, elongated sprint types. I don't think Irad has to go. I think he could sit. This horse has a real nice work in Monmouth for what it's worth. Actually, several good works in Monmouth. I know that his uh, buyer speed figure was lower 
than the eight. But I just have a feeling that Irad is going to break well and sit a nice trip and get up to win. I don't have a strong opinion. Pete, I sort of agree with you in terms of not having a strong opinion. I got first trumpet and third, but again, um, it, it, that was the horse that finished third to wall stib. So we'll see guys, uh, let the board, I don't know if any of the firsters really do much for me. I do have workout reports. Actually, everyone on the screen has workout reports in the DRF. No one really blew me away guys. So that's why no. I think we're all going with the experience runners. Would you agree with all that? Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the yeah. workouts I looked right before we got on the show when you sent it over, but there was nothing that there was nothing that changed my mind significantly one way or the other. Yeah. Let's go on to race two. Now, race two, uh, as of now, and you guys, please correct me, is the only race as of now that's off the turf. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. And and let's hope. It, Paul, it you're there sunny. in Saratoga looking outside. Paul, give us the weather report. It's sunny and cloudless there this morning you know as usual in the afternoon warms I saw a small chance of rain and pop up kind of rain thunderstorms later in the day let's hope not but it's this is not going to be a deluge kind of day Paul I think uh, the the, the turf races should hold together obviously the stake race will be on the turf but let's just hope I want a fast track I want a fair track I guess most importantly guys yeah well I was over there this morning just briefly uh and, uh, you know, the track was, uh, I would say it was, you know, muddy, muddy to good. I would say by Travis, barring any significant rain this afternoon, you will have a faster track for the Travis. Yeah, I think, I think that's about right. I th- hopefully it's going to be faster even before that. Guys, scratches have just come out um, three seconds ago, according to Andy Serling. Okay, so um, I'm not going to show them on screen, and it's really small on my screen. So... I'm going to look to my right here. Um, five in the first. The five is out of the first. Again, we're not going to put it on screen, but those of you listening live here can hear. The, the two, uh, second race, both the, looks like both the entries are out. And I think I see two, five, eight, nine, if I That's see that right. correctly. You is that are right? correct. Two? Yep. Okay. So, you know what we'll do, Paul? We'll just, as we go through the races. If one of you race by race. Line up. Yeah. Yeah. But just to let everyone know that uh, I can't even see the number. The three, is that the six horse out of the race? Three? Paul, yep. can you see that? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And the fourth race, Lord Captain and the six and five, five and six. Okay. Five and six are out of race four. And out of race five are only the MTOs and the number five, the Reds. So the MTO is a number five, the Reds. Later on in the card, Miles was do this very, very quickly. In race eight, the one and the MTO 14 is out. Again, race eight, the one and the 14. But what's huge here is the 13 is in. And we're not going to talk about the late pick five today, guys. But the 13 in race eight is in. And you guys absolutely need to check out that horse. That horse will be one of the favorites now getting in. We didn't really talk about that on our Thursday show, but we probably should have, guys. Again, the 13 gets in in race eight, and then the only scratch is the last race. The It looks like five and ten, if I can read that correctly. So, anyway, we'll, we'll go as we go through this, guys, we will um, we'll remind everyone of the scratches. Here's race two. Again, there are a bunch of scratches. Paul, one more time, please, if you could rattle off the scratches in race sure, two. Uh, one, one A, two, Five eight nine. Okay, one one a, 
2589. So all the also obviously the MTOs are getting in 11A2589. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen. We I asked these guys for the picks, you know, before we knew scratches. We were guessing here. Uh Paul, let's go to you. You and I are both gonna go with one of those MTOs, of course, the number 12, and that is Golden Arm, who is five to two uh morning line for Horatio DePaz and Santana. Yeah, and uh, Horatio has struggled at the meet, as you can see, although he's had, you know, he struggled on the win end, but he's got 10 times he's been second or third. You know, I just thought this horse had the best dirt form. You know, I did hear this morning when I was over at the track that this was the only race coming off, so was able to adjust. And, uh, you know, let's... The thing people have to pay attention to, Howard, is these races that come off are often misbet. And there was one of them yesterday, you know, the odds straightened out as it went on, but with like eight minutes to post, you had turf horses who stayed in the race who were like three to one and MTOs who were like five to one. It was yeah. a race that I think the 10 one, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which race it was, but anyway, it was, Oh, was that the Anatolian? Yes. Yeah. And who actually, was a turf horse, but had had a dirt start right. and some dirt pedigree. But right. there were other horses in, like the six, I think, in that race. He ended up going at four, four and a half, five to one. But at one point, he's three to one, and the horse had never really stood up on dirt in the yeah. afternoon. So it's just people pay attention to the board, uh, especially on a day like today. Today's a good day to bet, folks. It's a paramutual game. Not that any of us are experts, but. We are more experts than a lot of the people who are going to be in the backyard today on their eighth beer, putting in tickets through the window. No disrespect to those people. I, I, those are I, the best I don't, people. <laughs> I don't think those people are going to take any disrespect. Um, I like the fact this horse has speed. This is going to be switched to the one mile. Hold on. It's going to be one mile race now on the shoot, I would assume. Give me a second no, here. Five and a half should stay oh, right five and a half. Is, my right? bad. Okay, it's going to be five and a half. Excuse me. Um this horse should show a lot of speed. Was caught in a very fast pace last time going seven. I like the outside post. I like to turn back. I agree with you, Paul. Uh, we also both have the 14. Paul, we're, we're the same here. Newport Bridge, just to me, might not be classy enough, but, I mean, crap. It's, it's Linda and it's Jose Ortiz. They have cooled off a bit, I will say. Uh, the workouts, I think, on the 14 have been very good, though, just to mention as well. A B, excuse me, a that uh, workout. No, actually, I saw only one workout on the report. It was a B workout uh, on the 26th, and then a maintenance freeze after that. Paul, the 14. Yeah, well, coming off a win, obviously, I thought the horse ran well that race. Uh, uh, it, it was a while ago, but you know, Linda's fine off this type of layoff, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about Linda regressing off the hot start, which she naturally had to. But you know what? She's still pushing, I think, 25 wins or so. So, And, and she and Jose have won. I think I put this in the power pitch. Yes, and she and Jose have combined to win, I believe, 14 times at the meet. So, um, yeah, again, I, I'm looking for the horses with dirt form. Interestingly, on this horse, Howard, they ran uh, him on the turf as a debut, tried to run him on the turf in the second start, must have seen something they liked on dirt because kept him on dirt for the third start and won. And on dirt, he remains. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking for the horses with dirt form, and I thought those two had the best dirt form. 
yeah, interesting. I was just the reason I was scrolling down. People get to your thirteen is I just want to see the ho- the horses that are still in the main body of the race. Was it one one eight two five again? What were they? One one eight two five. The scratches eight nine two five eight nine. All those also. So, yeah. Yep. So I'm just looking at the I, what I want to look at, guys, right now, real quick. What we're seeing is exactly what I'd be doing at home, everyone, if I was by myself. I want to see of the main body of uh, the horse in the main body who has speed that's still in the race. So the, the three six, does not. The six still does. The six is yes. in the main body, and we'll show some speed. So actually, that might be a big factor, Pete. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, trying to see who else. The seven's in this race also, right? Still? Yep, looks like and it. The yeah. seven has some – I'll tell you what, guys. There's there's a lot of speed in this race. Uh, the eight is out. The one A is out. The nine is out, correct? So I'll tell you what, and I'm just doing this live as we speak here, of course. I'm not so sure the 12 is going to get loose now that I look at it, Paul. There, there's quite a bit of early speed here. Um, maybe it's going to help Pete's horse, the 13, high tone, who he's got on top. And if I had to redo my picks – Pete, I think I would actually put the 13 in second now that I see what's happening here. High tone for Dylan Davis, angle heart, uh, very consistent and should be able to stalk and close a little bit here. Yeah, that that was my thought. And I like the angle heart 36% wins uh, first after the trainer switch in the past year, including winning three of the last four. So I was hoping that the move to his barn could move this horse forward a bit. And that last race I really liked because it was a mile and a 16th. It was on a good track, made a nice move. So made what looks like potentially could have been a winning move and then got caught, but you know, didn't get caught by much. So my thought was if there is a bunch of speed, if, if those, if the couple of the speed horses do hook up here, I think this one, at least showing in that last race routing that he actually has a little bit of stamina and, and has passed horses before. So maybe he could be the one that benefits if there is a little bit of a speed duel up front. Yeah, I agree. I am officially changing my public picks on bottom of the screen to 12, 13, 14 based oh, on real, the... real quick, Howard, just for a yeah. he ran on August 16th. So it was what, 10 days ago? Yeah. So, but uh, Engelhart, 43% wins, 64% in the money from between eight and 10 days between starts in 2023. It wasn't a huge sample size. It was, I mean, they don't do it that often. It was maybe. 15 or so i don't have it in front of me but yeah. again that's something that at least we know he can get a horse ready off a very short you know a very short layoff so yeah i think that's a very very good point let's go on to race three guys race three see our picks on the bottom of the screen now i don't want to you guys will see what i was talking about uh when i said something that's going to happen on the show that's never happened on this show before with the three of us you'll find out in about 20 minutes or so we are all going with the same horse here in race three. We're all going with the number four. Let's go ahead and show the Equibase here. This is a starter allowance mile and an eighth, $70,000 purse. Pretty small field of seven. Morning line favorite is the number three money supply for Joe Sharp and Luis Saez coming off a huge effort um, off the claim now, coming back quickly. We're going to go with the Rodriguez-trained, Alvarado-ridden, mystical Curlin. Paul... I mean, look, we got to go with you first, and we all know why. This is a curling, so you got to go with the curling. Which makes yesterday's mistake even worse, because <laughs> Nest and Clariera curlings, oh, as boy. is idiomatic. So wow. they're going to name a horse after me. It's called Idiotmatic. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, well, I do, I'm always looking at the curlies going long on the dirt. Um, 
I do think, uh, you know, this horse is one for 14, so don't, uh, don't, don't bet the tuition money. But I, I do think stretching out, uh, I do think he'll have a, a little bit of a tactical advantage. I expect Junior to be forward. He was on the pace last time, but never really uh, got any separation. Uh, and that was only a mile. And I know people look at it and say, well, he quit at a mile. Now it's a mile and an eighth. It really doesn't work that way. Just watch the Belmont Stakes, if you don't believe me, year after year. Uh, I think this horse will be actually a little better stretching out. He's only done it twice. He's run second once. And uh, I, I think he is in a position to get the right trip. But again, one for 14 lifetime, you know, tread tread carefully. He's not quite as good as his father was, uh, but <laughs> yeah, he is right. He is going to have the lead. And, Pete, we saw this yesterday. The track is very speed-favoring, but you got to be careful, okay? The track is going to be different today from the surface standpoint. That doesn't mean it's not going to be speed-favoring or speed-favoring. I just want to point out it's not going to be sl- a sloppy uh, mess like it was yesterday. Uh, Pete, I think we all feel the same way. This is a hard horse to trust, yet we've got to put him on top anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's not exactly the, the world-beating field, so you figure this one does have a tactical advantage, and like Paul said, the distance, the added distance shouldn't be an issue, so if you combine those two things, it's a very logical horse. Now, again, I wouldn't bet the farm on a horse, like like Paul said, that's one for 14, and that third, the race three back, which is, looks like the outlier, based on you know, buyers, based on performance, based on everything, but even if you look at the other races, they're still good enough to beat this field. I sort of agree with – we're going to talk about the one. I, I sort of agree with Mike. I'm surprised you guys don't have the one anywhere at all. I, I have a feeling the one's going to run big. But anyway, we'll, we'll get back to the one. Um, I've got the three money supply in second. And let's see, Pete and Paul have this horse third. Guys, I realize this horse is coming back, like, really, really quick which usually I'm against and and coming back in six days, this horse has a ton of back numbers that would be good enough to win. Went a mile and a 16th and ran actually his top buyer back in the spring of last year. So I'm not really concerned about the distance. This is a claim um, for sharp. I don't know. I think he's going to get first run on the four guys. I think this is serious danger. You guys sort of are, are, are not really high on this horse though. Was it the short turnaround, guys? Well, I mean, we picked them third. You picked them second. Well, it's the, well yeah, I'm just saying. not that it, different. <laughs> it's a small – well, I mean, just saying it's a small field, so. Mine was the practical, the mine was the practical the joke going a mile and an eighth. I, I don't I don't That's love fair. practical jokes mile and an eighth. So that was okay. the reason I didn't have this one higher. I, I had it as sort of a B level. You're right. I, so I wasn't as high That's on fair. That's fair. Well, let's talk about Mine the is, and Sharp, Joe Sharp is very good, and he's very good off the claim. I just don't want to try to make a career on betting horses claimed away from Chad Brown. Well, that's certainly fair to say. I think that's a good point. Um, you guys are fans of Elmo from back in the day. Going to St. Elmo, I didn't give this horse a lot of consideration. Both you guys have this horse second. I guess out of respect to you, gentlemen, I need to relook at this horse a little bit at least. Just broke his maiden as the fresh-faced has been working well down at Churchill for a very – talk about Sharp, not Joe Sharp, a Sharp trainer and Michael McCarthy, Pete. Uh, this guy is one of the best – I don't know why he's underrated. I don't. I always say that because it just doesn't seem like he gets the respect he deserves. But you've got St. Amon second, and so does uh, Paul. 
Yeah. I mean, I think he probably just because he doesn't have a ton of the bigger horses sometimes. So you yeah, don't hear his name in the big races that people talk about as much, which is probably why picks up Johnny V, which I always love. My thought with this one was just, I agree with you. I, I it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but what I liked was when they stretched this horse out, he ran much better and you could see it from a figure standpoint as well. Yeah. And looking at the breeding, I thought that going longer would was would probably be better for this horse. So my thought was if you're getting this horse at eight to one and maybe he just likes going longer and now you're picking up Johnny V. Hey, if this one does like that, it's a $250,000 purchase too. So he was a little bit well yeah. thought of. And maybe it was just those sprints that were getting to him in his first few figure take a shot at eight to one in a race again that where the favorites i don't necessarily love one way or the other i will say for all the viewers and listeners we got a ton of people watching and for pete and paul too we are gonna go a little bit longer this morning i mean hell it is traverse day we'll go probably one hour total uh today the one thing i'll just say just to push back a little bit against you guys that was a very slow pace 25 and four yeah 49 and four now he's got a chase after the curling horse who's gonna be going you know what, 23 and four and 48 in a piece. So, I mean, I'm not saying St. Emil can't win guys, but I mean, this is a totally different situation from his maiden race. I, uh, actually, you know what? Someone mentioned money, uh, uh, money supply was mentioned by some, uh, muddy Atlas. Who, who's muddy? What number is muddy Atlas? Oh, I think that's in a different, oh, I, I actually, seven. yeah, that's sorry, the seven, not the one. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I was completely my fault. I don't like muddy Atlas. What's up doc. Um, interesting. I, I think he's interesting. He's got numbers that fit. Um, I don't think the mile is going to be a concern. He's going to sit on the rail and save ground. He's in a little bit light. I, I think the one's a player. To me, it's either one, three, or four. I don't love the two on top, maybe underneath. We'll see, guys. It's, it's a small field, but it's an interesting field. Race two. Let's move on, guys, to move this along here to race. Or sorry, that was race three. Excuse me. Let's go on to race four. They go ahead and switch some things around here. And there we go. Guys, what's going on here? I thought I was getting real creative in this race. I was, I had my all chest out. I had, I was all proud as a peacock thinking, oh, I'm going to show Pete and Paul why this 10's got a big shot at a price. And then my brethren, my boys, my guys, the smart men they are, we're all thinking alike. With a six to one shot, this is one of my my price plays of the entire day, guys. And I love the fact that you guys also have the ten in this race. That gives me so much more confidence, despite Paul's claimed stupidity, which we all know is completely untrue. Let's. I, go I think you you you're really into horses who've popped a recent zero buyer this week. I love. The other day, yeah. You know what though. <laughs> Can, we, can I say something? I, Pete, this horse went up 67 points last night. I mean, I, you got to love the improvement, He's going to be like flight line today. I love to hear people's in the comments. I swear on my parents' grave, over the years, DNF horses and horses like zero buyers do great in their next start. I'm telling you. No, my, I don't cousin, my cousin Nick it. loves the eased or any kind of eased I'm, or anything. And he loves that angle. So, Nick, if you're watching, I know that's your angle. Yeah, Nick, shout out to Nick, by the way. Guys, that's not just like something I'm just spitting balling out there. I mean, it's absolutely true. I it just in my years of betting, it is absolutely true. But this horse, this is not just a zero buyer. I mean, this was a long time ago. We'll talk about the 10. Here's the field. Allowance, real nice allowance, optional. 62.5. They're going six furlongs. 
There's the field of 10. The Moorline favorite, very soft. Moorline favorite is the number six. Lord Scra- did, did he scratch? Did you say? Who is the uh, Lord Captain is scratch. Yeah, okay. sorry. Uh, with um, who else? One other one other horse. Chivalry, the five? I don't I don't remember. Five, and, five and six. Five and six. Okay. Okay. Five and six are out. I'm just going to my uh, – I'm going to the clocker report here as we're speaking. So five and six are out of this race. Not a lot of early speed in this race. This is a really interesting race. We are all going with – wow. Six to one morning line. Gargan, Saez, Champion's Dream. This horse to me is absolutely fascinating. I do not want to steal the thunder from Pete and Paul. Paul, we're going to let you go ahead first with Champion's Dream, who ran a massive zero buyer, two starts back in the Sam F. Davis, off since March. We need to explain to everyone why we like this horse. Paul, you're first. Well, we've talked a lot about that illness that goes around DFS, Derby Fever Syndrome. You know, this horse was sent to Florida. Sam Davis is a prep for the Tampa Derby, uh, and they were so confident in the Zero buyer coming out of the Sam Davis. They still ran him in the Tampa Derby. Uh, and he did improve to a 67, which was good enough to run 11th. Uh, it's back, to, you know, they had sent him to Cassie for the winter down there. Back to Danny Gargan. Uh, I like the fact that this horse ran well for Danny Gargan. Uh, he won the Nashua uh, uh, at Aqueduct last fall, a two-year-old race on Breeders' Cup weekend. Uh, I like he gets back to Danny. He's had a series of works up here, including a bullet, consistent B works off the report. Uh, loses Luis Saez, but picks up Castellano. And we all know that Travis Day is Javier's day, as it will be again today. And uh, yes, I like the six to one as well, although I don't think we'll get that with the uh, scratch of the six, who was going to take some money. Uh, I was hoping the six would be, and I was totally against the six, just because I don't think he was a six for a long horse. That was more of a closer. The five also, you know, more stocky type, so not really speed coming out of the race, but the 10 does move in two slots. Um, I think, Paul, you you talked about this horse very well. Pete, this horse probably doesn't want to go long. His first race, by the way, his career start. Why don't you talk about that, Pete? I mean, that's something I noticed right away. Yeah, no, I, well, the, actually, the thing that I liked, and it sort of dovetails into the first start, was his two best buyer figures, or and, and well, not his two best time form figures, but two quality time form figures were both when he was sprinting. So, again, similar to Paul's point was you get the derby fever, you do maybe something that you're not, you're, you're maybe you don't want to do, and you're not really meant to do. So the hope is that that's what happened with this horse. I don't. What did you have in the in, in, in the first race beside that in the in this first start? Did you have something? Well, specific? just that it was at Saratoga, and he can. Oh show yeah, more yeah, speed. yeah, yeah. And he can no. show more speed than maybe it looks on paper. I mean, he's been caught going two turns with wide trips against real against nice horses. Better so, horses. I mean, yeah. I, I don't see any reason. We don't know what Castellano's plan is going to be based on the works and his post. Guys, you would think this horse can be right up close to the pace. There's not a lot of early speed in this race. 
Well, even in the Pasco three back, I like that trip too, because even if he doesn't, you know, from the 10 hole, even if he doesn't break and he's not going to be that close to the lead, he can get himself into position, which I like. So if you take that race and you can sit off, there is, you know, whatever speed there is in here, he could sit off and has actually shown the ability to pass horses as well. And again, I don't love the rest of this field and Gargan 36% first after a trainer switch on dirt. So again, that's something he can do. And I love what Paul said about, that Gargan had this horse before and ran a couple of his better races with Gargan. So now you're getting him back. And I feel like I, I agree. I think this horse is going to get bet a pretty significant amount though. So I, I'm thinking more like the four to run seven to two ish type of range with this horse, unfortunately. For sure. Paul, I love it. Just Paul, I, I turned your mic off before just because it's very hot when you weren't there. We could hear a lot of things in the background. So when you want to talk, just go ahead and, put the mic back on no disrespect at all no i have my fan on maybe that's it yeah go um, ahead go ahead Paul. Uh, no i said they paid four hundred twenty-five thousand for this horse as a two-year-old by the way yeah so, yeah. so, so you know he's by justify out of a tap at mirror i think this could be a case of all systems go and we get seven to two four to one it, it might be time to send it uh, Charles B doesn't like Gargan off the layoff. He's oh, I didn't look at the stats. I don't know if you found those, Pete, but this is a new trainer, so I don't, I don't consider this the same kind of situation. It's, it's a, yeah, I, it's I always a have a hard switch. time. Yeah, I always have a hard time gauging off the layoff with a new trainer. It's a little right. bit of a different. Yeah, I don't, I don't look at it as much just because I, I feel like it's fuzzy. I sort of like it though because it gives the trainer a chance to get to know the horse a little better. So I actually yeah. look at it as a positive, Pete. That that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, real real quick, Bold Journey at nine to, at eight to one. It, this horse has got some serious back numbers. I don't know what the story is. The last two dirt starts, a grand one was the Carter. He didn't like show as much speed, but I want to mention this to everyone. Uh, his last work was extremely good. It was a B plus workout. And with a lot of early speed, guys, I think Rosario is going. And if anyone thinks Rosario can't send, watch some of the races that have been going on this week. He can be aggressive when he wants to be. I have a sneaky suspicion, guys, that Bull Journey is going to run a big race here and it's going to be up close. The other speed might be right next to him, Sky and uh, Sand. For This is a new horse for Diodoro, but Diodoro is 0 for 17. Maybe now that he has a new horse, maybe he can run back to that. But if the track is fast, I have concerns that the eight wants fast. He did win that win that last race, guys, in the mud and is more of a turf horse. So did you guys have a feeling on just how this race might develop at the eight or nine or anyone in general in terms of who's going to have the lead in this race? Because I think it's difficult. Yeah, I think you make a good point on the nine, Howard. He's definitely uh, going to be faster than it looks on paper. Um, yeah. You know, as far as the eight, and I used the eight, um, it, it's hard to tell uh, just because it was muddy last time. It was a seven horse field. Although, you know, someone mentioned the post for this race. He's in the, the R10 is in the eight posts with the two scratches. And right. even if you're in the 10, it's six furlongs. That's right. really not a problem. And, and some might think an advantage. Uh, guys, and I mean this in all sincerity and you could, people can think whatever they want about Andy Serling. Apparently, according to Derek, Sterling also picked that this 10 is going to be two to one, guys. So forget about our price. And people say, well, no one, you know, look, Andy's got a big following. He's an excellent handicapper, in my opinion. 
I, I'm not going to speak for the, the other two guys, but on the screen here, uh, but I, I think he's an excellent handicapper. He's been doing a long time and people do listen to him. So we're not getting near six to one. I would say more like seven to two, but I still think the 10 is interesting. Any of your thoughts, guys, we didn't even talk about, and, and I know Pete's giving me a hard time about this. No disrespect to Scott Chitore on the inside. No reason why he can't win. I don't like the fact he's in for 62-5, and his workout report's not great, but he can absolutely win this race, too. Pete, you've got him second. Yeah, my biggest thing with him was maybe he just likes Saratoga. And if you look at his races, regardless of what his form is, when he gets on Sarato- when he gets to Saratoga, he just he likes it better. He's two for three wins, three for three in the top two. He likes the distance. I think he can get a little bit of a uh, – hopefully he can work out a little bit of a trip from the rail. He's got Pratt, so that, that, that helps, which I always love Pratt to worry about working out a trip. So my thought was, yeah, I thought, he, I thought maybe from a class level was a little bit below a couple of the horses. But, uh, again, if, if he just loves Saratoga and is a little bit of a horse-for-course kind of thing, then maybe he could pop. And I, I could see his – aside from Pratt being on, I could maybe see his, his odds float up a bit if a horse likes the 10 gets bet down. Here's my feeling. We're going to move on. If the track is fast, I upgrade the one and downgrade the eight. If the track is still muddy or a little, you know, moisture, I do the reverse. So that that's just I'm giving people my opinions. I'm using the one as a B, but I would upgrade the one maybe to an A, Pete, if the track is fast, because I think that would hurt the eight, in my opinion. Let's get to the last race, guys. And uh, last race, well, two races. The last race, the pick five, the early pick five. This is going to be race five, of course. I thought this was real tricky. And look, for the first time ever on this show, the three of us have the same choice in three races in a row. I went back and looked at like a zillion shows. I couldn't find it. So, guys, three races in a row, we have the top choice. And I got to say, all these races are not that obvious. So, great minds are going to think alike or think. Toss them all, basically. Toss them all, everybody in the the chat. Yeah, toss them all. <laughs> race six stays, excuse me, race five stays on the turf. We'll get uh, scratches here. If you refresh, the scratches are in DRF now, too. How oh, they are. You refresh, yeah, you. they finally just hit. Okay, yeah, thanks. 1A, 5, 9, 10. In this race, right? 1A, 5, 9, 10. So the also eligibles are out, and the reds, as we mentioned, is out. So that makes it a field of seven, if my math is correct. In this race, you see our picks on the bottom of the screen. We're all going with the six. That is uh, Nobel, Noble. I don't know. We'll see how it's pronounced. Probably, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll, I'll go with Noble. Um, Brendan Walsh, Tyler G, seven to two. This is a complete fuzzy guy. So I have to admit, I didn't deep dive into this horse as much as I usually would have. So uh, Professor Kravitz did not do his homework like he should have. I apologize to all my students out there. Maybe Pete and Paul can give us a little bit more intel. I did not look at replays, but he looks classy enough in a field that I thought was sort of shaky. Has a work over the track, which I like as well, or at the Oklahoma, I'm assuming. Uh, Paul, your thoughts on this Irish bread? Yeah, Howard, I looked at it as a, a field of somewhat, at least on paper, uh, mediocre uh, American horses. And here's a horse that's uh, coming from Europe uh, and certainly looks mediocre over there, but a mediocre turf horse over there is, in my opinion, significantly better than mediocre turf horses over here. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, 
a good workout up here. Uh, B, um, Brendan Walsh, uh, I think is, you know, he is a under the radar top guy. Uh, 24, only started 17 horses, 24% wins. He does well uh, with horses who come over here for the first time. And, you know, some guys do really well in that situation. And other guys who are really good trainers don't necessarily do well you know, the first time they have them over here. Brendan, uh, in a small sample, does well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I looked at, you know, I, I saw the seven uh, at two to one and immediately said, well, I know I want to bet someone else if that horse is going to be two to one. And I picked that horse second. It's nothing, you know, nothing too against him. But I, I, I wanted the, the new face, if you would. I don't blame you. I don't know about mediocre, by the way. These horses are running 90s, Paul. If, if, what, what does that make uh, your, your wonderful horse you co-own that gets buyers in like the low 80s? He, he's not worse than mediocre, right? So I know what you mean, though. There's, like, he's, no striving. he's striving. He's striving for it. <laughs> Dr- Cohen's not mediocre. Um, I sort yeah, of agree. No, I don't. No, you know what I'm, I'm saying. All I know. There's you no know one that really jumps it's, off the page here. There are a lot of just, I don't know. You know it, it's a turf route with no chat in it. So how tough can the race be? <laughs> uh, Pete, any intel you have, or are we just sort of against the Americans like Paul? You've also got the seven second uh, James Aloysius. No, my. Aloysius, sorry. With the with the six, no, the, I I did like the Walsh Gaffleon combo, twenty six percent wins with the foreign shippers on turf. So that, maybe that's who he he likes having Gaffleon in general, but he likes having Gaffleon on his foreign shippers, and they do well together. I just thought the distance would be fine. The only thing I I laughed at with him was I wondered if he was one of those horses who they thought bring over here because they'd like a firmer turf, and now they're getting rain soaked, yeah. generally rain soaked Saratoga. So that was my only concern was like, did they bring it here because they thought the would be better but then saratoga is not the place to come to if that's what you're looking for the way that he's the also been going much longer but i don't know if you guys saw the short comments and i didn't watch any replays but he, apparently this horse is showing speed he does I, he's I, he's I he do like shows that. speed he's he's okay. tactical at least over there which again there you know the speed doesn't always fully translate but he's not yeah. a come from behind kind of horse so he should be closer he's also he's also run and one going you know, left-handed, which I always think is a little bit of a, a benefit when yeah. you're when you're looking at some of the foreign horses coming over. Again, I just didn't love the rest of the field either. I think it's a beatable favorite, like Paul said. So, why not take a shot with the with the European coming over? This is the great thing about getting workout reports. That was a B as in boy workout report. And guess who he was working out with? Versus Stapen. Oh, who's nice. Running in the sword dancer. So. Horse. Again, uh, Paul, you see, we, we, you and I, especially, have seen a lot of works out of Oklahoma and other things. These guys want to, these trainers want to work horses with their other good ones if they feel like they're good. And the fact that the six has been working with a, a great stakes horse gives me a little more confidence, Paul, as well. Oh, 100%, uh, to quote our friend Kyle. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, that's ironically how it sometimes you get a, a, a quote, smaller trainer who doesn't have, you know, any top right. horses who gets one. And that really becomes an issue because they would prefer to work in company. But if you don't have anyone else in your barn to keep up with them or her, uh, yep. you got to go solo. Uh, so, yes, I, I think that's a cogent point. And, uh, you know, Brendan and, and Pete, you touched on Brendan and Tyler, obviously uh, the road, the ride that he gave pretty mischievous in the Oaks was, you know, yep. 
somewhere around legendary and, and, and Tyler's just as solid as they come having a very, very good meet, by the way, at 20%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the de Vegas are obviously tremendous on turf. So yeah, I, 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 again, I don't think we're getting seven to two on a Euro and a turf route over here, but uh, I, I can see a 10, six daily double going into this race. Uncle Howie. I like the one a little bit guys. And uh... This one's got a lot of backlash. I mean, he's been in graded stakes. I know he's dropping down in for 62.5, but that's because he's run through his condition. I see no reason at all why this one can't win at a little bit of price. Dine and drive for Morley and Castellano. I always seem to give some of these Morley short strips. I don't know why I do that. If this horse runs a, a good race, guys, I think he's a very likely winner here if the six doesn't fire. I like the one quite a bit here. Dine and drive, uh, food for thought. I just think he has run better races than, for example, the seven who seems to be stuck at that 90 buyer level. But uh, just food for thought there. I had, on, the, I had the one on as the, an A on my A line too. Just okay. didn't make my top three. But when did the I, one I thought that, there was a bunch of A's. Howard, when, tell us when the one won last. I'm not trying to pick on you. I have a point. <laughs> <in my throat. laughs> uh, that would be not since last year at Saratoga. In the okay, that was Whitney Day. That was race five yes. on the program as you yes. can see he was 23 to one as you can see yeah who was paul alive to to complete a good pick five in that race that would be sifting sands Oof. who was nailed at the wire by this tom morley horse it's no funny the things why. i remember i'm not sure what i had for breakfast two days ago but i do remember getting beat by this horse and i'll tell you to your point though howard Morley went right into graded stakes company with him in, in five straight races and good races. Um, and now and this, is the class back, of the, this is the class of the field guys. Yeah. I mean, he, he I, could be a price. I mean, he is going to need some setup. Uh, he he yeah, is definitely maybe. a stone cold closer, but uh, well, let's see if we could celebrate our one year anniversary. He might beat me again today. <laughs> show a little more speed last time. Guys, before we talk about the Travers and the show, I'd be remiss. We have to pay some bills. Adelphi Racing is a fantastic sponsor of this show, and they've got a runner that I have a small uh, piece of that I'm very proud of that I saw run last time, uh, last month. Uh, actually, was it last month? I'm trying to get the month. Actually, it was in August, but you know what I mean. Several weeks ago at Saratoga, and Gemmin 10 is running back tomorrow in the last race, uh, it's if he's got to get in, he's on the AE list. He's the first AE, so I'm praying for a scratch in the last race. But let's take a look at Gemmin 10 and the wonderful Adelphi Racing Club. Here comes Gem Mint 10, and now Dylan Davis, and they get ready to swarm these leaders. Gem Mint 10 is in front. Gem Mint 10 wins the finale. Welcome to Adelphi Racing Club's unparalleled partnership experience. Exclusive access to the backstretch at Belmont and Saratoga, premier accommodations on race day, and of course, experience excitement like no other. Contact us today to get a taste of the Adelphi difference. Who the hell is that guy in the background on his phone? Can't even live in the moment? I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> I always feel bad when I see that. But you know what, guys? I was actually doing it for the podcast because I wanted to get some uh, video for the pod. But anyway, uh, no, Adelphi is great. Before we leave the show, a few uh, – before we talk about the Travers, let's talk about very quickly, guys. We have excellent shows. Episode – oh, I went a little blurry. That's all right. Episode 285 and 286. Please check that out if you're listening and watching 
great previews of the shows. We talked we talked about every race, guys, today on the card, except for race six, which is a nice uh, maiden two-year-old race. So please check out episode 285 and 286 as well, in addition to looking to our power picks for uh, Saturday at Saratoga and other tracks. Guys, the Travers, we're only going to talk for about five minutes. We've talked ad nauseum about the Travers Thursday night uh, with episode 286. I do have the banners, guys, that I want to show everyone on the screen. There's our banners on the bottom of the screen. I'm not going to bring up the PPs or the Equibase. Let's just spitball for five minutes. Pete, let's go to you first. Has anything changed your mind the last 48 hours? You are going Forte, Archangelo, Scotland, in that order, in this year's Travers. No, that's about that's about right. My only my only little concern, and and what I did on my pick six yesterday, I haven't put in any bets in today. I actually put your horse, your guys' horse, Tappet Trice, and National Treasure as sort of C's because oh. one thing is National Treasure. When I was going through the stats of the day for our power picks. Baffert is just has some awesome stats taking blinkers off, I think, in graded stakes or whatever the whatever the stat was. I don't have it in front of me. So it started freaking me out a little bit. And I wasn't 100 percent sure about Scotland in terms of him being. Mike can't let it go. Mike cannot let it go. We'll see. Mike, we should put a side bet on that just for people who are going to be listening on the bottom of the screen. Mike Monroe, we got an argument, friendly argument Thursday night. Sorry to interrupt you, Pete. No. uh, About who's going to be on the lead. Mike Monroe says, Howie. You can call me Howie. That's cool. Remember, Scotland will be on the lead in the Travers, LOL. Very possible, Pete. I mean, I think National Treasure, despite the fact his blinkers off, is absolutely I mean, I hope they both burn themselves out because I don't want either one of them to win necessarily. So that's what I'm hoping. I I still like Forte. On my pick six yesterday, I had Forte singled and then went with Archangelo and I think Scotland is sort of B level. I'm against Mage mostly, which we all are in our top three. I just when taking the shot that Mage, the the Derby was the outlier. And I think Forte is just better than Mage. So why do I need Mage on tickets if I already have Forte? I have no argument there. I think Charles probably have a good point. Guys, can we just have a safe day? And on top of that, can we have no crazy inquiries involving IRAD, especially in the Travers. Can we just just somehow run a cleanly run race? That would be very nice. Uh, Racing downwind is here and wishes everyone a great day. I'll just put it up on the screen. Go ahead, Paul. You, you and I are exactly the same. I'm not changing my opinion, although I do have one thing I want to mention that I didn't mention Thursday night. We are both going Archangelo, Scotland, Forte in that order. Yeah, and I, I still have about uh... – how many hours? Six hours oh, to get Scotland on. More track. than that. Still, did, did he smile at you at the barn? You said you would. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I would. I, I I went by briefly yesterday, but I yesterday I had a ton of work to do in the morning. I had to catch up with Steve Asterson, and I talked to Steve Layman. Uh, Steve, Steve Layman. Steve who? who? Oh, uh, Asterson. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting interview. He was sitting on a horse, and I was standing below with my tape recorder. But extended as far as I could. Anyway, read all about it today in the spe- 64 pages of horse racing news in the Saratoga special today, folks. Wow. Available at thisishorseracing.com. Uh, I previewed the ballerina, which I think is the best race on the card. Cool. That's read, read Paul Halloran's article on the ballerina, <laughs> thisishorseracing.com. Page what of the Saratoga special? Oh, you know? I don't know. Where, uh, how, you know right, who what knows where the hell it is, but <laughs> check out Paul's preview of the ballot. 37, can... 37. I'll make it up. Just there you go. I'll please. see if I can find it as we talk here, Paul. Go uh, ahead. 
Yeah, so I, yeah, but I, I think, you know, I, I was encouraged, by the way, you talk about the workout reports, Howard. I think I saw an A minus for Archangelo, which is a extremely, yeah. that's A minuses don't come very easily. No, um, I, I get the feeling this horse is either going to put on a command performance or not be part of it. Uh, but I, I'm going with A. Uh, I will be playing Scotland. I will be using Forte underneath Pete's Forte. Horse shows up every time. I'm really ambivalent about Mage. Uh, I think I'm just going to keep him squarely on the B line. I went in thinking maybe I'll pick him. Um, Listen to Meg the other night earlier in the week. Uh, although the workout reports on him, Howard, are pretty good. If, if I looked briefly before we went on. So I'm going to keep him as a B. And, you know, maybe if, if the thing blows up, maybe try to get Scotland. But all in all, Archangelo will, will still be my top pick. Okay. Um, I have, obviously, I agree with you. I was trying to find the article and get cute there, but. Oh, good. That's okay. Uh, I'm sure it is, you know, the Pulitzer Prize award winning as usual. I'm sticking with Archangelo, guys. I've been a big fan of this. In fact, I'll just be bold to say that as of this very moment, Archangelo is my Breeders' Cup classic pick. I think this horse is going to keep getting better. I love the breeding. Um, I think he's going to set a nice trip today. He's going to have to run well. Distance not a problem. There's just for me, there's nothing not to like other than Pete. What we talked about Thursday, where he got a very good trip in the Belmont, no doubt about it. He might need to get another good trip today, but I think he's in line for another good trip. I think Scotland is fascinating and will sit a good trip. I like Forte a lot as a horse. I just don't like the odds he's going to be. I'm obviously using him. Uh, in my pick five. And I got to say, one thing I didn't mention Thursday, I I would not be shocked if a tap at Trice or a Disarm runs huge here and could even upset the field. I, I think there's a lot of horses that can win this race. The only horse that I think is very unlikely to win, and Paul, I know we just put this horse in the winner's circle, is National Treasure. I just, I don't see it. I don't think he's going to get the distance. This is the best, some of the best three-year-olds in the country. And so I just saw someone actually picked, wow, Sterling actually picked National Treasure. Wow, that is amazing to me. So anyway, um, it's a small field, but I got to say, Paul, and you're the historian here on this show when it comes to Travers, this is one of the best Travers fields I can remember, even though it's only seven. These are some very, very nice three-year-olds, pretty much the best in the country all coming together. Yeah, I think it's because of the competitiveness of them and the fact that, you know, because we're at this point in the year and not one of them has really stepped to the fore, you know, certainly Forte probably could have if he had been allowed to run the Derby and had won uh, yeah. or had won the Belmont. But, you know, there is real, you know, no uh, clear leader in the division, yet you have all the potential leaders lining up today, uh, except for a go rocket ride who will not be considered in the conversation because he did not come to race against these horses. Um, yeah, he's pretty so good too, though. He's very good, but you know what? He's a three-year-old. This is the clearly, you know, I, maybe I think the second best race for three-year-olds right after the Derby. You, maybe you can make an argument for the Belmont. Certainly not the Preakness, because now no one goes goes to the Preakness. Although I'm sure they're all going to go when first runs the race a week before the Belmont. That'll really make the Preakness a big draw. Uh, anyway. Uh, I digress again. Um, I'm a little punch drunk. I've been in Saratoga for 72 hours. Uh, page 32, you were cl- close, Pete. 
page 32, the rematch. I was uh, right there. I was echoes, right there. Echo Zulu and uh, good night, Olive. I will say this, Howard. We talked before. Uh, the only tiny morsel of intel I picked up this week, the sword dancer. Um, I did check in with my friend TJ Comerford, who travels for Aiden O'Brien. I picked Bolshoi Ballet on the show the other night. We talked about it. Aiden's still looking for his first win at Saratoga. I believe he's 0 for 10. He, Pete, is one of those Euros you talked about. I, I caught up with TJ yesterday morning and said, you know, what do you think? He said, you know, it would be great if it stopped raining. He's a Euro. Uh, yeah. to, quote, to quote PJ in his Irish burg, he wants to run on the top of the ground. And uh, so, but, but let me say this. If it does not rain between now and the sword dancer, I, it, it's not going to be firm, but it's going to be closer to firm than good. Well, that's the thing. It could be. It could still be a little more firm than maybe than maybe they're used to. So right. it still could be beneficial. Yeah. But again, so, that's not what you're. That was not the ideal for these horses that come over right. looking for U.S. firm turf. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I exactly. think I think I don't know that anyone in that race wants it soft. So they're all in the same boat. So you're probably anyway, right. Yeah, you're probably right. You would right. ask me, Howard, that was the only thing close okay. to, to Intel. I That's up. good to know, though. I mean, it's good to know. It is for good sure. to know. Well, he wants he wants firm, and he's going to show his speed. Pete, we're going to let you have the final comment here. And, Paul, we really appreciate your uh, inside intel throughout the week here as you've been in Saratoga Springs at the track talking to people. So thanks, Paul. And, and I know it's a lot to ask you to come on these shows with your busy work schedule this week. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Pete, final thoughts on the Travers. Well, you, on, on the Travers. The whole day. Sorry, the, the whole, whole day. day. Sorry. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. And you know, this is a personal preference. So I'm going to go selfish <laughs> for a second. I want in the grade one stakes races today, I don't want speed to win all of them because I think that's boring. And, you know, I hate that. And that's yeah. why I'm not a huge Saratoga Naira guy because I feel like every time I watch a graded stakes race there, it's they let some horse go on the lead and it wins. And I just find it boring. So, um, so that means that Echo Zulu, Gunite, National Treasure, and who's the other one who's going to win? Whatever race I'm, whatever race I'm missing. Oh, and New York Thunder. Those four are locks because I don't want Speed to win all those races. Uh, New York Thunder. You. New York Thunder ain't winning. Me, I, I'm with you, Paul. I'm with you, Paul. Arabian Lion is the best bet of the day, I think. So we'll see. But you I wouldn't like have liked the Charlestown Classic last night, in which they allowed. Uh, Skippy, uh, was Skippy. It Skippy? Yeah, to, Skippy to walk around, to crawl I didn't watch around. It. Is that what happened? To I didn't crawl watch around it. all seven turns in a pedestrian <laughs> pace. I hate that, Paul. You know I hate that, Paul. All right, guys. Well, there's a lot of winning urines. This is just an unbelievable day of racing. Anyway, you look at it. We wish everyone out there much success. Again, watch episode uh, 285 and 286 if you need some more information, including comments from Jenna Antonucci and Archangelo and Richard Miglori. Uh, we have a show tomorrow morning at 10.30 Eastern. New York Showcase Day, great day of racing tomorrow as well, Saratoga. And then, guys, Monday, as I just mentioned, we're going to put the show up on YouTube soon, 8 p.m. Eastern Monday, full recap of everything that happened today at Saratoga with, I'm assuming, everyone here on the screen and maybe some more people as well. For Paul Halloran and Pete Visco, this has been Howard Kravitz, episode 200. And Oh, sorry, not episode at all. This has been Saratoga Today. Guys, I'm a little bit uh, out of sorts here. Saratoga Today, thanks for watching. First post, 35 minutes from now. Good luck. Crush your bets on Travers Day. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
Pitts. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. 